0: Broadcom announced quite a while ago that they're acquiring
1: VMware. It's not a light switch moment. Because of regulatory hurdles
0: and all sorts of other things, it stretched out for multiple quarters. That is where I think the initial wave of concern came in because now not only do I have to wait and see, I have to wait multiple quarters to see.
1: Very rarely in IT, do you just decommission something. Now instead, what you're thinking is, how do I make sure that I'm containing the risk and then taking all the new things and putting that on the new modern infrastructure?
2: In the ever-evolving landscape of IT infrastructure, companies are increasingly finding themselves at a crossroads, particularly in the wake of significant industry acquisitions, such as Broadcom's purchase of VMware. This shift has ushered in concerns for VMware's customers
1: what happens if they're not one of the top 2,000 customers.
2: Lee Caswell, Senior VP of Product and Solutions Marketing at Nutanix, says VMware customers are worried about three major things. Pricing going forward, and we'll dive deeper into that in a few minutes, as well as support for products and the risk to personal careers.
1: Those customers are worried from a support standpoint that they're not going to get a call. Partners are worried too, because... Broadcom doesn't have a great relationship with partners. So I think that support piece will come to be the thing that really actually unhinges them. And the third one is about personal career risk. If you can't get support and you're running something and you didn't make a change, then all of a sudden it's going to be back on you.
0: There's a lot of uncertainty among the IT community about what broadcom is going to do with vmware
2: steve mcdowell is principal analyst at nand research
0: broadcom historically they've acquired companies that have largely commoditized and they maintain them forward but you don't see a lot of continuing innovation are they just going to kind of take the core vmware business you know and maintain that moving forward because you know the reality is a technology like VMware, or VM in particular, very sticky, right? It's hard to kind of rip
1: and replace. The way that customers are talking to me about this right now is that what they had with VMware for the past, you know, almost 20 years was a very safe offering with known risks. And now what's happened is what was the safe bet is now the risky bet. And it's got unpredictable risks.
0: If you have a vmware license you're probably not going anywhere for the life of that infrastructure where the uncertainty lives is on when i do come up to a replacement cycle or i have a greenfield project you know is vmware going to continue to deliver the level of innovation
2: this has left many customers contemplating a strategic approach where they maintain their existing vmware infrastructure but refrain from expanding Instead, they're considering investing in new applications and technologies on alternative platforms based on newer architectures.
0: From Broadcom's perspective, I think everything they're doing makes a lot of sense for their investors and for maybe existing VMware customers. But where there's, I think, going to continue to be concern: how does the VMware technology continue to evolve, right? Am I still going to get the level of support I had? And am I still going to be paying the same amount of money? There's also news out of uh, Broadcom earnings. They're reexamining their subscription strategy, subscription bundles, subscription pricing.
1: There was a blog published by the leader of all the infrastructure products saying some very interesting things that um, you know, people had been expecting, but now they're in print. So number one was it's the end of any new perpetual licenses forever. That was interesting because that's the way that most VMware customers have transacted (laughs) businesses in the past. Also, when those perpetual licenses came up for support and services, right? you'd have an SNS or support and services element. And those also no new SNS contracts as well. So those two things basically said that, hey, every customer is moving to a subscription model. Now, what you know in your personal life right, is also true in business. When you move to a subscription model, you end up paying more.
2: Caswell cautions that subscriptions, strictly speaking, don't automatically equate to higher pricing. Subscriptions work when a customer maps out the long-term costs and benefits. But other factors within a subscription matter, such as bundling,
1: Subscription is one way where you would pay more, even if the prices were the same. But now what we're looking at is that the bundling of products is starting to look like you may have to go and move up into higher level products, where the way it's being described is you'll get more value. And that could be true. But the question is, it may be value that you wouldn't have ordinarily bought. Think of it like when you have a cable TV (laughs) subscription and you get 800 channels and you're like, okay, I'm going to watch like 20 of them. Can you give me the 20? And they say, no. (laughs) And so now you're stuck with a whole lot of stuff that you may not have originally wanted.
2: The immediate aftermath of the acquisition saw restructuring within VMware in areas such as partner teams, engineering, and customer relations.
0: Five days after the acquisition closed, the week after Thanksgiving, they were um, laying off 2,500, 3,500 people, I mean, a significant number of VMware employees. And these were on the partner teams, these were in engineering teams, these were in kind of customer relation teams. Not a good signal if you're trying to build credibility with your customer base,
1: Publicly, they just announced they laid off over 300 people in Cork, Ireland, which is the support center. They're also closing countries that don't have a sufficient number of customers.
0: First week of December, we saw them announce that they're spinning out their desktop compute pieces. So they're already starting to shed some of the things that are not kind of core VMware capability. Today, one of the driving forces behind the
2: way companies use and pay for enterprise software is an anticipation of a massive influx of new applications over the next few years, far exceeding the growth seen in the past four decades.
1: 750 million new applications coming online over the next three years, more than the past four years of computing. So you're going to have this uh, new wave of applications, and it's all unpredictable. If you ask people what they're gonna do three years from now, they can't tell you which applications they are. They don't know whether they're gonna be interfacing with blocks, files, or objects, VMs, containers, on-prem in the public cloud. And so the risk right now with VMware is that you're stalled like a deer in the headlights and you don't know how to move forward because you don't know what the risks are gonna be over time.
0: Those are the kinds of things that when they're in the air are gonna to lead to a certain amount of uncertainty. At the end of the day, being in IT is about de-risking your operations, right? Every business today is a digital business. And if I'm putting a piece of software that's critical to my infrastructure, it just makes sense that I'm going to look for alternatives. I'm not saying I'm not going to choose VMware, but I'm not going to default to VMware. So I'm going to look at Nutanix. If I'm in more in a cloud native mode, I'm going to look at the various Kubernetes things like OpenShift, like Portworx, things like that. Broadcom's business model is to take a commodified technology and you know continue to monetize that over time.
2: Innovation is a cornerstone of success and resilience in the tech industry. McDowell reminds us that it drives competitiveness, customer loyalty, adaptation to market changes, long-term growth, and it influences
0: strategic business decisions. When you're talking about a commoditized technology, you're not talking about a lot of continuing innovation. Now, a lot of the excitement around VMware in recent years were, you know, things that were kind of adjacent to their core infrastructure management path, like Carbon Black for endpoint security, for example. Broadcom, two weeks after their acquisition, said we're spinning that out. So they're kind of validating, I think, some of the initial concerns. That's not to say that Broadcom's not going to take care of existing VMware customers. I think they will. They want that revenue stream moving forward. The concern is really around new projects, replacement projects. Is the VMware technology the right technology? And I'm not saying it's not, I'm saying it's early to know. So we just have to wait and see. But you know, a lot of IT projects can't wait and see, which is gonna force you to de-risk the decision by looking at alternatives.
2: The market has been trying to understand the implications of this acquisition for about a year. And that limited Broadcom's ability to articulate a strategy. This sort of limbo benefited competitors such as Nutanix.
0: Nutanix is not alone. I think everybody who competes directly with VMware in whatever space began benefiting well before the close just because of all of the uncertainty that just continued to linger because of where they were in the process. Broadcom, fair or unfair to them, they couldn't respond to that, right? I can't talk about a company I don't own so they would talk in generalities and that doesn't do anything to ease concerns i think you know we're a year into trying to grasp what this uh, acquisition means
2: steve mcdowell is principal analyst and co-founder at nand research in his tech experience he's been at ibm fujitsu and amd among other firms and he's been a prominent industry analyst since 2017. Lee Caswell is Senior Vice President of Product and Solutions Marketing at Nutanix. He served two stints at VMware, and in his career worked in many roles, such as at NetApp and Fusion I.O., as well as co-founding Pivot3 in Silicon Valley. This is the Tech Barometer podcast. I'm Jason Lopez. Tech Barometer is a production of The Forecast. You can find more tech stories at theforecastbynutanix.com.